Welcome to the Garden of Glass podcast presented by The Hope Farm. I'm your host, Bentley Evans. This is episode one. And uh, what we wanted to do here is is try to explain the Hope Farm concept um, and the various aspects that make it unique. My first guest on the podcast is my business mentor, my business partner, my dad, Robert Evans. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited for you to be here for us to kind of talk about kind of the the origination of this whole thing and kind of, uh, how it started. So, um, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll kind of let you kind of start and, uh, give your explanation of kind of how we found ourselves with the hope farm. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a very convoluted story <laughs> that did not start out to be what it became. And, um, obviously, you know, a lot of it had to do with you and what you wanted to do in your life and um, me trying to do my part as a dad to make that happen. Yeah. When I, I know that I, you know, I moved back from Auburn in 2017 and kind of wanted to switch up careers a little bit. I wasn't super happy doing medical sales, um, but it was, it was a great job. I learned a lot from it, but I kind of wanted to do something that I was a little bit more passionate about. And so I know I, I remember kind of coming to you and, uh, kind of pitching the idea that I kind of wanted to jump into something that was more farming. Um, I'd kind of gotten into it in Auburn, kind of the homesteading lifestyle was growing a lot of vegetables and leafy greens and things and, um, wanted to find a way to turn that passion into, uh, you know, a job. And, uh, I know that that's when you started doing your, your research, um, that you're famous for, you'll dive into it and learn everything about it. And, uh, we kind of came across the, hydroponics and shipping containers and they were doing that in New York City and in the various places and it was kind of a viable concept. Yeah, urban farming was something that is really foreign to our community cuz um you know we're like the largest farming community in our <laughs> state and here we are going to urban farm in places where you shouldn't have to. Right. What we're doing. But um it was um, it was the basis for this. It was the basis for us to start out and uh build upon um but you know, farming is farming, mm-hmm. and the margins are not the best in the world, and you really got to have some great distribution. So as we got into that and started looking at how to make it a viable business, it became obvious that we needed to do some things here to supplement it, to kind of expand our revenue centers and things like that. Right. And um, that's when we decided we'd put a little 1,800-square-foot wine bar on the front of the property and see if we couldn't, you know, get some people to come in and hang out, and give them some tours and show them how hydroponics work and educate them. And that's the initial story. But 6,500 right. square feet later, we are in a completely different environment. Yeah, so. it started uh, very small and contained. Yeah. And uh, as we grew, we kind of, uh, you know, started taking inspirations from various places, figuring that we could do this and that. And it kind of morphed. Um, and I know adding the, the various people that we did and their specific talents and stuff also helped that process. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we had just moved over here ourselves um, about a year before you moved back. Mm-hmm. And um, for us, uh, I'm, I'm at a different stage in my life where I was slowing down with all my business being pretty much everywhere except for local. Right. I really wanted to do something that got back to dealing with the local community that we were going to be in. So we moved over from Mobile to here. You moved back. And, uh, you know, the whole the whole farming concept really appealed because how much local can you get if you're not 
you know, you're growing and you're selling to other restaurants and things like that in the area. Right. And, um, but anyway, I, I do know that our, our plan from the beginning has morphed dramatically. And, um, you know, ultimately we became our biggest client right. uh, for what we're growing and our farming went down to being a piece of what we're about. Um, I was very surprised moving to Fairhope with all the great coastal areas, how few areas there were that provided outdoor space for you to hang out and enjoy. And so for us, that was one of the things is how do we, how do we create some outdoor space? Um, also, you know, we have the Grand Hotel has beautiful outdoor space around the water, but there's only so much of that you can buy. Right. So we have to create it our, uh, and create an environment that draws people in, makes them feel like they're not necessarily sitting in somebody's backyard, but they are sitting someplace they're they're enjoying themselves. So right, yeah. As this thing kind of grew, we kind of uh, deemed it the gathering place concept. So it had, you know, you got your your farm your wine bar, your cocktail bar, your events and entertainment venue, um, and a full-fledged restaurant. Well, and, well, and but, you know, if you go back, you remember food was probably the fifth thing on our list, and it was not our, our main product. Right. Um, it was something we knew we had to have that was elevated and was really good um, to, to complement, I guess, everything else that we were doing. And um, so I think that that it it was important the food was very important but our initial thing was to create a, a gathering place people come hang out enjoy listen to music have great drinks socialize um and that concept is what we started building with um september of 2019 is when the construction began and um everything was really good right till covid right <laughs> and um covid um really impacted the entire social gathering piece of what we did. Mm -hmm. And so when we did open, um, we had to, again, you know, uh, adapt to right. the new environment and food became a big piece of what we did instead of the fifth. Now it was the first. Right. And um, people were really wanting to get back out to have good meals, to go places that they felt like they were being taken care of. And um, they've been, you know, locked up for 90 days or 120 days and taking care of themselves. And so it was nice to have people wait on you. Right. And um, so we became much more of a restaurant than we wanted. Um, those of you that have been by our place will know that there's a section we call the hall on one side of the building. And um, that is originally was going to be a very uh, community driven space, just open seating where. You could walk in, just sit down any day of the week and meet somebody sitting next to you and engage them. And uh, COVID kind of crushed that for us. And so we adapted just like many, many other businesses did. And uh, anyway, we are we are now um, really you know known for being a restaurant. Right. Um, we're known for being an entertainment venue. But I don't think we lost the, the core of what we were trying to go after. I think that... Um, um, we still, for instance, only do one reservation a night. You know, that's a big part of what we decided upon was mm -hmm. to make sure that people didn't feel like they had to get up and leave. If they left after 45 minutes or if they left after four hours, that was completely their call. Right. And um, so we're trying to hold on to that, hoping that the, um, the, 
COVID, the whole atmosphere will change. And I don't know that we'll ever get back to exactly what we had before that, but I think that we're trying to provide a really great space for people to come and, and, and get about as much of that as they can. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think with the, with that transition that into that kind of the full fledged restaurant, it actually, you know, the, the farm was at the center of it in the very beginning. And I think it, it the, the restaurant aspect of it kind of kept it there. Obviously we're growing, you know, hundred pounds of mushrooms a week that we utilize um, all various herbs, leafy greens, things specifically for our menu. Like you said, we became our biggest client um, on the farm. <laughs> and now, now anything we have kind of extra, yeah. we, we uh, hit up some local chefs and whatnot. But, but I think, uh, I think it kind of, it all worked out, you know. Well, we were intentional. Um, you know, a little bit of the Hope Farm name, which was attributed to you, was all about the hope for a sustainable future. Right. And that means more than just recycling. Um, you know, we planted the entire property with pretty much as many edible plants as we could cram in here that would also give the beauty and the look that people wanted. And right. I think we were very successful. We had a wonderful um, contractor that helped us with that. Maybe we'll have him on one of our podcasts and let him talk about that. I think he'd be a really <laughs> good one to get in here. Yeah, day. that's season two. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was uh, actually in Napa and we went on a secret garden tour. It was part of Hill Family Estates. And uh, it was kind of a, a secret garden that was tucked in the middle of this vineyard. And it had all sorts of just crazy flowers, herbs, vegetables, fruits that they were growing. And the, the local chefs there would come in and they would kind of on the honor system. They would pick the various things that they needed for that night, write it down on a piece of paper, and then kind of bring it back and create something. And this was in Yauntville, California. So it's the home of the French Laundry. And so uh, Thomas Keller was one of those chefs. And uh, anyways, I just became very inspired by that whole process and i wanted to bring back as many of those things that could grow in southern alabama as possible obviously the client is not or the, the climate is not the same here so um but we did our best and we also kind of supplemented with things that do grow well here and i think that that was a uh, that's something that really makes us you know a well, fun spot that's where the hydroponics kick in too right. you know it allows us to grow a lot of things 365 days out of the year we control the entire environment um it's it's very self-serving mm -hmm. you know we, we can be very specific about you know not just the menu that we currently have but the menu that we're planning and i mean again you do all the farming so you kind of know right yeah and, the, and for the for the people that that haven't been here yet um you know one thing that we wanted to be sure to do is kind of create a an environment that anyone could feel welcomed in but we also wanted to keep that elevated service so it's a high-end service with kind of a relaxed atmosphere um, and that was something that was super important to us. And that kind of carries through to our employees and kind of how we wanted to create that culture within the Hope Farm of somewhere that maybe is not your typical restaurant industry culture or culture of any business, really. We wanted just kind of one where people were empowered. Um, everyone felt like they had a voice or feels like they have a voice. And um, I think that kind of that whole mentality is really kind of what makes it feel special here. Well, and, and we are different when it comes to our management style. We're not chefs who have decided to open a restaurant. We're not uh, restaurateurs. What well, we are now, we have, <laughs> we're not in the past. And so for us, it wasn't about us bringing some menu or some skill cooking together. It was more about building a culinary team. And so we try to apply the team uh, concept to right. just about everything we do. You know, the kitchen, 
Um, yes, we have an executive chef. Yes, we have executive sous chefs. We have everyone, you know, in every position. But at the same time, we try to empower them to be part of the menu that we put out, be part of the solution, be part of the um, the guest experience whenever we can. And um, so, and then our front of house, of course, you know, they're the same mentality. We try to spread out everything so it's not just one general manager making a decision or one bartender making a decision. Um, I think we that's part of our appeal to a lot of people is that we do have a broad range of things we bring to the table. We're not for everyone. Right. I'm sure there are people that, you know, we're not for our, our styles, not that way, but our culture is something that we're proud of and we're going to keep building it that way because that's what fits us. And that's what, you know, we want to be known for with our employees. Right. It's an environment we'd want to work in. So yeah. That was super important, um, and that's something that we agreed upon from the very beginning, which is, uh, you know, in the start One of this One of the thing, very few things we agreed <laughs> upon in the very beginning. We had some heated conversations. Obviously, the, the father-son dynamic is, uh, is an interesting one, um, especially when we both have strong opinions and feel like both of our opinions are right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had some good mediators in my wife and, and mom. And, is, that, uh, is that what we're calling them? Yeah. Mediators. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mediators. Well, I guess they're really on my side a lot of the time, but most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> but uh but it has been a, a fun process to be able to, you know, work with your dad and you know, get the business insight and the business as you know, side of things from you and kind of learn, you know, kind of how you do things. Um obviously you've been in business your, for yourself uh you basically your entire life. You've been an entrepreneur from the very beginning and that's something that's super appealing to me and trying to figure out kind of how, how to do it and how to make that work. And, uh, you've seemed to be pretty successful with it. So, um, it's been fun to learn from you, um, through this process. Well, it's, it's, it learns, there's learning on both sides. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting, I know that people have done this with a child, um, son or daughter probably have realized this already, but it's just a, there's this realization one day that they have, that you're not the dumb old guy that, you know, has been telling them things. And then there's this realization that you have that they're not just some, you know, young kid who doesn't know anything and you have to find that middle ground in there. And, uh, that's been key to, um, to getting to where we are. And it was complicated by all the various struggles that we had to go through with the COVID and with personnel and things that, um, we would hope to have had to, um, not had to make such, um, decisions or, or such hard decisions in the very beginning but right. again that's life and that's what you adapt to whenever it's something's thrown at you you just keep moving best you can so. yeah i learned well through that process and kind of you know we were involved in the whole construction aspect of this thing from the very beginning and so us being so involved in that process obviously we were making decisions on the fly and they were aesthetic decisions a lot of the times and so obviously our tastes uh, differed a little bit but uh <laughs> That's where mom and, and Janie came into play, but um, but it was a it was a it was a learning experience. But I think now, as we've gone through this, and we have about a year and a half under our belt now, that you and I have definitely morphed as well and become better uh, partners and have communicated a lot better through the process. I think we found our lanes for sure, which is the important piece. And uh, you know, our we had a great contractor who worked with us on this. He um, recognized, I believe, you know, our, um, 
ignorance for lack of a better word and sure. a lot of the process and things like that but was super good at taking care of guiding us and directing us and uh not only that he got the fact that we wanted it to be an elevated experience right so between him and our decorator um which by the way i think all those would be great people to have on here one time or another again season season two, two yeah yeah um, but i think it would be really um really good but they 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 picked up on what we were trying to to do and that was just create an elevated experience you know you don't have experience in the kitchen but you have experience as guests traveling around the world one thing you want to do when you come back home is you don't want to feel like you can't go get that same experience down the street you know right and so that went into a lot of decisions we made on whether we spend the money here or not spend the money and, and in most cases we chose to spend the money because it was ultimately this is not a two or three year deal for us this is a this is a long term um, long term plan you know it's right. a long term investment and there's going to be continued growth for us and what we're doing and and the hope form concept is not just going to be in fair hope only It'll, there's there's plans for more that we'll detail as we go along Right. And um, but, yeah, so speaking about growth, um, obviously we can kind of talk a little bit about um, the growth on the property that we're we're getting into here with the barn on the backside. Um, originally, that was a another space that we had potential for uh, venue and rental space for special events and various things. And now we've kind of um, decided that a uh, kitchen an extra kitchen back there for the for all the, the special events and things that we're doing was something that was going to be super necessary um so you can kind of talk a little bit about that yeah i mean we we didn't finish that's probably the one place on the property we didn't finish during construction um we weren't sure what covid was going to cause us to do but we, we had to pivot and there was this building that we could build out and do something different if the restaurant was not going to be usable at the time and um but now we're feeling more comfortable um especially here in south alabama we're feeling much more comfortable and um so the architect has been working with us you know we're building out a a full kitchen um in the back there that'll allow us to really take on the events that we are booking and 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 that we're um servicing right and hosting um it's a it's a lot to put on our one kitchen. You know, we didn't again. If you remember the very first part of this, when we started talking, food was fifth on our list. So our kitchen was designed to be a you know for a much smaller food service. Right. And uh, now that we have become what we have, having that second kitchen would be just huge. It'll it'll make our service better. It'll make our products better. It'll make our team more efficient. So that is going to start at the first of the year. And um, if everything goes right and the city is nice to us, we ought to be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to the city. Of yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, all right. So, you know, we, we mentioned the, the gathering place concept and I kind of wanted to dive into the various aspects of that a little further. It kind of explains kind of how we came about, kind of what we gathered together um, to create a space that we could, uh, you know, that was fun for people to come and, and hang out for a while. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, our first and foremost, we started out wanting to have a cocktail bar and a wine bar, you know, those two things. And and not just a place where someone could come to a bar and order a drink, but actually some really high-end elevated drinks 
that were utilizing as many of the components that we grow here on the farm as we could. Mm-hmm. And um, that way, not only are people getting this freshness, they're getting a piece of our farm, but they're getting an elevated cocktail. And I think we've accomplished that. We've got really great bartenders who've done a super job to keep the drinks fresh going mm-hmm. forward. Yep. Um, our wine program, um, you know, a lot of people are not aware, but we did bring in a consultant in the beginning uh, Nadia yep. uh, was Pavlovsky. Pavlovska, yeah, there we go. Nadia, who um, I'm sure she will listen to this and wonder why I just butchered her name, but right. it's because we haven't seen her in a few months now. Yeah. But she, um, out of California, never been to the South in her entire life. Um, we brought her in and we took her just about to every place in Mobile and Baldwin County we could think of, and we wanted her to look at all their wine programs. And it wasn't to say it was good or bad. We just wanted ours to be elevated. We wanted it to be the best of the best that she saw. And to and, enhance. Yeah. And enhance upon those. Um, I know there's some good ones around. And we just wanted to make sure we didn't jump into the wine scene and not be a positive influence on it in the area. And so she really helped that. And then when Will came in, which I know you're going to have on your second podcast, um, Will was uh, just a, a plethora of information and really is passionate about it. And so he took what we were working with with Nadia and took it to the next level. Um, and then entertainment, you know, uh, people here love the fact that they can go out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday, and be able to listen to live music and, and something that they can relax and eat and drink and socialize um, with and so that was another key component for us was to bring to bring that piece um, here and that would cause the gathering that's that was our reason you know we can't just go sit around and over one drink and 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 have a good time with your friends but if you've got music and you've got a great environment that you're sitting in and then the last thing there was you added some really great food right and um, um, again that's why our our menu originally um, was really heavily on the small plates so that um, people could order five or six items and just sit there and nibble and talk to each other. And And we've morphed our menu to try to adapt to what the uh, community's asking for, um, especially since we've become more of a restaurant than we had originally planned. Right. And so our menu adapts to that. But also, just keeping in mind, our menu does, you know, we're very seasonal with that. Um, we make changes. Sometimes it's as the season changes, sometimes it's in the middle of the season. It just depends on what we feel like we can do um, to to um, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh for our for our guest, right? Yeah. And so, and then of course we have we have venue space. You know, venue. We have had so many people who, um, especially during this event, where we have not been doing a lot of our own events right now. A lot of our wine tastings and a lot of those things we held off on just because of the COVID environment we didn't want to invite 100 people in and and maybe expose all them but we have been able to rent the facility out and people are having lots of different sizes of parties Um, everything from our back 40 through the pavilion Um, those of you that don't know what the back 40 is that Mm -hmm. is um, uh, the back 40 feet not 40 acres um, here at the hope farm and it's where we have a second bar that we open on certain nights of the week it's also where we have our raised beds and a hydroponic container, our mushroom container, and, and it's really just a fun, focused area for people to go and 
enjoy drinks and uh, sometimes wait on tables inside. And uh, But anyway, that's kind of the, uh, the whole thing was creating spaces for people to be able to go sit and hang out and enjoy one another and then not feel like they're rushed to leave. Right. And uh, I know there's when I'm out with a group of people and you're having a good time, you really don't want the party to end. You want to sit there and keep enjoying it. And hopefully we've created an environment where people want to stay. The Garden to Glass cocktail for this episode is the Terra Gone because the spirit we're using is tequila. <laughs> um, so basically what I did is I took 0.5 ounces of vanilla syrup and I muddled some strawberries, a twig of tarragon, and the vanilla syrup together. And then I added uh, tequila, lemon juice, cochi americano, and I added some ice, shook it up, strained it through a thin strainer into a julep tin, and then added some soda water and some crushed ice and slapped a little tarragon cocktail to make alone. Um, obviously, I can't take credit for this one. Our uh, general manager, Will, came up with it and sent it to me. And uh, it's pretty tasty and refreshing. It's good. Cheers, man. Cheers. But, yeah, so, you know, obviously um, we've wanted to kind of do things differently and this is kind of uh, the podcast I thought was a fun way to do that um, and kind of jump into, um, obviously, like I said before, the various aspects that kind of make us, you know, what we are. Um, and I thought this was, uh, you know, a, a fun thing to do. Um, so what we have planned is this season one is kind of going to be all about the Hope Farm. Um, and obviously it starts with us and then kind of it's going to go like chronologically kind of with how we've morphed. Um, obviously, we became a wine bar second. And then it kind of jumped into the cocktails and then the food side kind of came last. And so that's kind of the sequence we're going to have. Um, my next podcast or episode two is going to be with Will Jones, our wine director and general manager. And uh, we're going to talk about all things wine and kind of what makes the Hope Farm wine uh, program super unique and kind of stand out from from the rest of a, a you know area um, or enhance kind of the culture of the area, I guess is a better term. But um, so I'm excited for that. Um, so anyhow, I, uh, I appreciate you being on this with me, dad. Um, it's been a lot of fun and uh, I'm excited for, you know, the future. Well, I'm interested in seeing all of them and, uh, get a chance to, um, hear how our people, you know, right. um, represent and, and discuss what we do. I think we've got a really good team and I think they will, uh, they'll really take our story and build upon it. It's really fun when you walk around the property during service and you hear an employee telling your story to the guest. Right. And they tell it so well. And that just means that we've done a good job on that. And that's, you know, you need to be proud of yourself for that. Yep. It's a testament to them as well. So, um, anyways, I love you, man. Appreciate you. you being on this. Take care. Cheers, Cheers. man.